0: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. EEW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. plus. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network.
1: Hello, all you friendly force users, and welcome to another episode of Echo Station Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Ian.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: And we've got a really interesting episode today. Um, And very awesomely, I feel like we're very privileged to be able to bring this episode to you. Um, Yes. uh, But before we dive into that, we've we've got some pretty cool news pretty cool star wars news a little bit of sad star wars news but pretty cool mostly pretty cool
2: should we do cool or sad first
1: let's start with let's start with sad
2: yeah let's just rip the band-aid off
1: yeah so celebration as i'm sure you all have heard was officially canceled Uh, yeah i mean and we've all been waiting for this like we all knew this was coming i haven't i haven't done pretty much anything costume wise like i am not ready (laughs) Even if it was happening, I wasn't going. You know, I didn't feel like it was safe. And and I honestly, I don't think there's any way on the planet that California was going to let it happen.
2: Oh, for sure not. Like, uh, yeah. no.
1: So, you know, we're, we're I, I think we're all in our, our group is all in agreement that we're just going to we're going to forward our tickets to the 2022. Yes, which I've already done mine. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll. We'll see you guys there, barring you know a meteor strike or whatnot.
2: <laughs> yes, um, we may. We've been just slightly discussing maybe going to D twenty three. We don't know yet. That would be really fun to go to. Yeah, um, because I'm a D twenty three virgin. Uh, Chris was there um, during its first inception back yep. in like
1: 1839. Yep the uh, the
0: 1839
1: historic D twenty three meeting. <laughs> yeah, no, but I was the very members. first one. I remember bridge farm remembers no uh it's a lot of bridge farm
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
1: a lot of fun is a fantastic um it's a fantastic really kind of informative and 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 cool con that started i think it i think it's felt like it was a very niche con when it started out a decade ago um but it's it's really grown quite a bit, and you know, to encompass all all of Disney's very wide and varied fandoms that they've you know been collecting around, um, like Thanos. <laughs> mm. uh, but it, you know, it's also had a, a much stronger cosplay presence in the last few years. So I think it would be a pretty awesome con for us to go to as a as a group.
2: It may like actually like rev up my engine and like kick my ass into gear to redo my maleficent finally
1: yes absolutely
2: so i don't know i'm i'm eyeballing t23 because i've been hearing very very good things about it so you know we'll see
1: yeah no i would absolutely be down for that it would be it would just be nice to get to get out to la anyway and and do a lot of the fun things that we planned um I, I, i lived in la for quite a while i went to i went to university there um and so it would be nice to just he's learned. Do... Yeah, it is learned. But it would be nice to do all the you know the things that I used to do, but with my friends from the Midwest. that would be pretty cool.
2: We don't know what them LA folk do down there.
1: No, you don't..
2: so yeah, it's unfortunate, it's sad. It was inevitable, like oh, it, yeah we've been waiting. it was going to happen. Uh, I mean, I'm, I kind of wish they would have done it a little sooner, but I get why they wanted to wait. Yeah. You know, just in case God forbid something, you know, we could go, but I, I get why they waited.
1: Well, we've been talking about this with a bunch of the other larger cons and stuff that it, it, it seems like it's coming down to an insurance issue that, um, insurance isn't going to pay out for them until the cities are absolutely, you know, officially say, no, you can't do this because then it, then it, I don't know, there's some like loophole.
2: But, yeah, it's going so yeah, to be interesting to see if our, if our local con here still goes on or not in August. I don't know if it's does it or not.
1: I guarantee you it's not going to happen.
2: It'll be interesting, because so far they're still on track for for it to go, so.
1: I know. Um, I'm not going, so. <laughs> I don't know anybody who will.
2: Yeah, I don't, it's, I don't it's know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. It's too
1: risky. Look, we started opening stuff up two weeks ago in my tiny little university town. And now we've got a whole bunch of active cases. We've got as many active cases as it took us three months to get earlier. And that's been in two weeks. Uh, it's, you know, it, we're screwed. It's scary. It's very scary. No, these, these massive gatherings, they just can't happen. They cannot happen until, until things are safe. And they're just not yet.
2: Unless you're protesting, then you can go to a massive gathering.
1: Well, but still and, try and you know, distance
2: yourself, and then get yourself tested well, for yeah, free if you can.
1: Distance, well, and that's the thing that you know. Like I went to a protest, and and people there tested positive. Yep. So, but that's why you know we stayed to the back of the crowd. We social distance. We had our masks on. That's exactly on, what I did. We washed the crap out of our hands and took a shower. We got back. You know, like we you, protest safely, and there's a there's a big difference between. <laughs> Going out and fighting for human rights and going out so that you can play costumes.
2: Yeah, play, play, <laughs> play adult, dress up, and drink.
1: Play adult, dress up, and drink, and get comic books signed and stuff. There's a massive difference between yes.
2: that. As much as we've loved doing that, we realize, as responsible adults, at least you and I do in our, in our friend group, we realize probably not going to happen. Probably not the safest thing to do right now
1: yeah
2: no just not not gonna happen no um so yeah really sad celebration got canceled but like i said it's been rescheduled for august of 2022 we are transferring our tickets we and like chris unless some dinosaur like meteor strike comes down on the from the heavens None. uh we will definitely be there for sure um uh but so happy news time
1: yay happy news uh,
2: yes yeah, so tell tell everyone the happy news
1: so, I'm, I'm sure everybody's seen, but we're getting a new Star Wars game!
0: Yay! Woohoo!
1: And it looks incredible for everybody who, like me, grew up absolutely obsessed with Rogue Squadron. If Rogue Squadron was your jam as a kid... hello, that was me. Yeah, then this is the game we have all been waiting for.
2: It's called Star Wars Squadrons. Um, the release date is October 2nd. They've already priced it at $40, so that's cheaper than a normal $60 game. It's a great price. Which people are wondering, does that mean less campaign, less stuff to do in it? I don't really know. Um, it is confirmed set after Return of the Jedi. There's going to be cross-play support for Xbox and PlayStation users. Um, yes. Uh, it looks really, really fun and beautiful. We're getting gameplay footage that of it. It
1: looks so fun.
2: Uh, this Thursday so by the time we release this episode on Wednesday depending on when you listen to this episode uh, the gameplay footage will be out or be coming out very soon um, yeah. I got chills uh, watching
1: it I got chills
2: there are it's set during the like I said after Return of the Jedi so during the rise of the New Republic um, so and uh, there seems to be some little cameos of some really important people in this game oh yeah uh we see one Wedge Antilles.
1: Wedge. I literally screamed Wedge!
2: <laughs> and we also see in the background General Hera Syndulla.
1: Oh really? I d I didn't catch that. Oh, you didn't? No, that's awesome.
2: Okay. I got so to when re- re-watch. Yeah, when you rewatch it, there yeah, it's it's Hera. That's amazing. I know. And so Yeah,
1: you know, it's uh, this it's the same time period also as um uh Battlefront two.
2: Yes, so I'm, I'm wondering,
1: wondering if they I mean, Yeah, exactly. I want her to come back. Or if they'll if they'll mention Inferno Squadron, you know... I, yes, you, because things. the
2: Imperial squad that you play as is called Titan Squad.
1: Yeah, so the, I guarantee there'll be a mention of Inferno.
2: Oh, the, yes. Um, so just to read up on a little bit of it, um, compete in intense 5v5 five, five five dogfights... Uh unite with your squadron to tip the scales in monumental fleet battles and take off in a thrilling Star Wars single player story. So there is a single player story to this as well. Sweet. Uh immerse yourself in the pilot seat completely with the option to play the entirety of Star Wars squadrons in virtual reality for the PlayStation Four and PC.
1: That's so freaking
2: cool. I know it makes me want to get a VR headset just for this. I'm not even joking. Yeah, no, I will uh, totally do that plan every skirmish with your squadron in the briefing room before taking off to the evolving battlefields across the galaxy. Pilots will triumph as a uh, team in known and never-before-seen locations, including the gas giant of Yavin Prime mm-hmm. and the shattered moon of... Well, I don't know how to pronounce this one. Uh, Gallatin?
0: Hmm.
2: Gallatin? Yeah. Uh, so you take in full control between the whole like, thing, because I might as well... Yeah. Uh, take full control of different starfighter classes from both the New Republic and Imperial Fleet, such as the X-Wing and TIE Fighter. You can modify your ships oh, that's cool. uh, and divert power between its systems.
1: That'll be interesting. That'll make gameplay really dynamic.
2: That's so freaking cool. Like, I'm, like, I'm going to divert power to shields and I hit a button and I fucking do it.
1: Oh, it's so cool. Or, you Always. know, you, you could just play as a TIE Fighter and be all balls and no shields.
2: Oh, Yeah. But like I've always like you know when you were younger and you know you were playing you know ships and stuff and because I've always loved the ship battles and I've always loved like the big capital ships you know fighting and stuff like that that's always really cool to me yeah and you know when you were younger and you like I'm gonna divert the power to shields and you go up, and now I have shields <laughs> exactly. you can do that divert all power to four shields <laughs> like oh uh, it just uh <laughs> that's awesome oh I'm and oh so excited there's no microtransactions either
1: yay somebody learned EA,
2: yes ea has learned they're like oh we can't do that no more so there's no micro microtransactions. i almost said microaggressions there's no
1: well there's no <laughs>
2: microtransactions there's probably some microaggressions <laughs> um so do you have a favorite part from that trailer
1: uh, I liked seeing the two, uh, the two squadron line, line up walking towards the camera.
2: Oh, yes.
1: That was pretty cool. I don't know. It was like a very, um, kind of clip.
2: Seeing the fucking Star Destroyer rise up from the clouds.
1: Yeah, that was cool. Um, Gun. when they, when they were talking about, you know, you got to make like that perfect shot and they took out that blockade runner. That was pretty cool.
2: Yes. It looks like there's going to be some new weapons you can add and modify as well. Uh, you know, I'm sure down the road they will have a bunch of DLC coming out for different classes, different ships, maybe even different eras, because I would love to see a Clone Wars era of this. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I'm and people are surmising, too, that this may be stuff that they had planned for Battlefront 2, but couldn't get to it.
1: No, that makes sense.
2: So... I would not be mad at this, because the space combat in Battlefront 2 is very fun, but this just looks like it's going to take it to a whole new level.
1: Oh yeah, this looks
2: <laughs> yeah
1: really in depth. So,
2: October 2nd it's of this year, it's that... which isn't very far away, by the way.
1: No, it's interesting it that it out. has that lower price point. I'm wondering... And that's
2: they're... why... Well. So that's why people are kind of thinking that this is leftover scrapped content from Battlefront Two, and various other games are compiling into one thing,
1: yeah, but you would think they would milk money out of it no matter what. I mean I would think- they're also
2: thinking that it's not going to be as long as people would like because it's yeah. a forty dollars game, you know unless it's you know surprises people and just like, oh okay, cool yeah.
1: well i'm I'm thinking that at that price point and maybe the length of the game they're gonna be the length of like the single player storyline. They're probably banking on replayability for multiplayer across platforms. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so that makes sense.
2: That makes me also think that with future updates they will probably add maybe era ships and era locations and stuff like that.
1: That'd be cool. Cool,
2: um, cool, cool. Yeah, so that's your big two Star Wars news things. We have Celebration being cancelled and uh Star Wars Squadrons being released. Which is funny, both those news things came out with like in like two or three hours of each other, which is like Oh, really cool Star Wars game. Oh no, celebration got cancelled. Ouch.
1: Like, oh, BT dubs.
2: Yeah. Um it's it's like oh huh. Um so on to our our topic of of our um uh episode. So we're doing a character spotlight. semi related
1: to video games.
2: <laughs> yes, of one Seer Junda from uh Star Wars um uh Fallen Order and so here's here's the kicker with this one we have a special guest star on this episode Thank and you. that is one Deborah Wilson and Deborah Wilson is the person who not only voiced uh seer but she also did the motion capture for her and the physical performance for her as well yeah so here's the weird thing about it she's not actually obviously here with us she's not here to do the interview with us here's the thing no, let me just lay down what happened. Um, She was doing this thing on Cameo, and for those who don't know, Cameo is a app and website where a bunch of celebrities, from on-camera talent to voiceover to video games, sports, music, uh, basically anything under the roof of entertainment, you know, they're on there. Not all of them, but, like, you know, some are on there. Like, for example, um, Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings is on there.
1: Well, and it, right now it's a really great way for them to make money because a lot of them are out of business obviously
2: yes um and so and you know they charge different price points you can you know have someone i saw someone uh record a video for someone being evicted Oh. Okay. i saw someone yeah like it's totally up to you what you want the person to do because you know you're paying them to do it and they can obviously you know deny the request and whatnot but sure. i saw deborah wilson on there and Chris and I were talking about doing this character spotlight for a little bit now. And so I just, you know, sent her, you know, basically two questions asking, what was it like to play uh, Seer and where do you see her and where do you see this character in the future? Where do you want to see her go? And I was expecting maybe like, you know, a two or three minute, like a little, you know, how do you do? Hi, I love playing this character and this is what's going to happen. Maybe blah, 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 blah whatever. Y'all, she sent us a 22-minute-long video.
1: She's clearly really proud of this work.
2: She She personalized it to myself and Chris. Um, and she gave us full permission to use this audio, by the way. So don't, you know, think, oh, what are you doing? No, she knows we're doing this, so don't worry. Um, She, like I said, gave us a 22-minute-long explanation of why Seer is so important to her and playing her and she goes off on some really fun stories of you know how she got you know some some acting roles uh and some movies that i didn't i did not know she was in avatar oh really yeah she talks about that and the thing she was in avatar she was um and it's 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 a really fun thing so we're not gonna i'm not gonna spoil that for you but so chris and i are gonna talk about seer for like you know 15 minutes or so we're gonna give you like a little backstory on her and you know talk a little bit about her but then We're going to throw it over to the audio of uh, Deborah, So, you know, we don't really get to talk with her, but she gets to talk to you guys. And that's the really fun thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Is that you can just sit back and listen to her because one, she has a super calming voice. And two, she is unbelievably knowledgeable. Like she is so spiritual and knowledgeable and she just, it's she gives you great advice as well uh and uh we can't thank her enough for answering her question and going beyond that uh yeah so uh before we do that we're gonna take a real quick break and then we're going to jump in and talk about seer junda with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18
2: plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. Hello. Hello. Um. So, uh, let's talk about Sear. All right. Um, so I
1: will say... Uh, Ian will be taking point on this discussion because <laughs> I, unfortunately I have not been able to play Fallen Order yet. Um, it is my next video game to play. Uh, I have a really long stack of things to get through, and I'm really busy. Um, but I, I mean, obviously, I know Deborah Wilson is. I have been a fan of her since she was on Mad TV <laughs> when I was way too young to be watching Mad TV. Oh yes, but, <laughs> but yeah, she is. She's just a fantastic fantastic woman um just fantastic and you know talented. a little bit about
2: you seer you've seen her you know you know a little bit about you know yeah. who she is and stuff you know you're not, you're not I know completely in about... the dark here
1: no i'm not completely in the dark but um do obviously for myself and for those listening uh this is a spoiler alert for the for the topic of fallen order for for the storyline of fallen order and her
2: character and i'm going to try and not spoil a whole lot for you all right uh I'm going to try.
1: <laughs> Good luck with that. But there you go. There's your warning. Spoiler alerts for fall. Yes.
2: Um, So first off, when I first saw the trailer and they showed this character, I'm like, she looks super familiar. <laughs> I'm like, how do I know this character? How do I know this person? And not till months and months down the road when they showed another trailer and I heard her speak, I was like, oh my God, that's Deborah Bolson from Mad TV. <laughs> They got Bunifa, Laquifa, Halifa, Sharifa Jackson in Star Wars. Wait, what? Yeah, that's exactly. Wait, what? And and googling her, I didn't realize that she's done a lot of video games.
1: Yeah, she's like a prolific, prolific voice actress.
2: Yes, and I didn't, I'd not know this, and uh, that's fantastic because I'm like, I've played like two or three games that had her in, and I didn't even realize it. Um, also, side fact, did you, I don't think you did, did you ever see The Nun, the creepy conjuring film? No.
3: So she does,
2: she does the demonic voice of The Nun. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Huh. Uh, Yeah, so, from Jedi Knight to demonic nun, she's got it all.
1: (laughs) She runs, she runs the gamut.
2: (laughs) Yes, so, Seer Junda, she was a Force-sensitive, uh, 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 jedi knight who was alive during the time of the fall of the republic and the formation of the empire um she uh was padawan to a master called uh Eno cordova and she had an apprentice herself called trilla uh suduri um and then in the aftermath of order 66 she basically like cut herself off from the force. She kind of did like what Luke did and yeah. went into hiding. No,
1: yeah, smart.
2: Yeah. Um and she basically, you know, had this determination to overthrow the regime and overthrow the empire and restore the uh you know, Jedi and restore the galaxy and all that stuff. Um so I'm trying to think how to word this without <laughs> spoiling <laughs> things for <laughs> you. It's tricky, it's hard. um so basically when order sixty six happens, uh she and her apprentice take a group of Jedi younglings and they try to escape. They hide out for a little bit, but eventually, uh Sears captured mm. and she is subjugated to like the worst kind of torture. That you can get. Because she's not only tortured by the Empire, she's tortured by the Inquisitors. Oof. Uh, So, and eventually, like, she was, like, she was holding strong. She was, you know, very much, you know, one with the Force still then. And she was, you know, very much in her prime. uh, Until uh, Vader got personally involved with her torture. Oh, lovely. And... Then she kind of broke. Um, which... Understandable. Yeah. Um, hi kitty.
1: I thought I heard kitty.
2: (laughs) Yes, my cat's talking. So sorry, guys. She's, she's, whenever we record, she's a chatterbox. Whenever it's not, it's like, no, I'm gonna be quiet. Like, it's without...
1: I don't think anybody has a problem with kitty cat.
2: (laughs) No, you be quiet though. Hush. We're just gonna keep this in here. I don't care. Y'all can listen to my cat meow. (laughs) Um, so yeah, but, so eventually she broke because Vader just, like, crushed her. Uh, and she gave up the, the location of her apprentice and all the Jedi younglings. Oof. Yeah. Uh. That's dark. Yeah. Yeah. So, eventually, uh, her apprentice is captured and the younglings are slaughtered. And... Uh, you know, things happen to her apprentice to where uh, Seer is still captured, she's still in this like facility, and basically, she you know, her former apprentice now uh, you know, comes to mock her and say, Look what you did, because her now apprentice has turned to the dark side. Oh, yeah, um, and so in order to escape, she taps into the dark side for just a moment. And kills every single person in the room except for her apprentice and she escapes.
1: Well, I love a girl who can go both ways.
2: And oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> it is Pride Month after all. There you go. Um so she feels so like burdened with guilt because of what happened. She's like I said, she cuts herself off from the force. She's like, alright. No more, bye bye. Uh, so eventually, she uh, uh, joined the crew of the Mantis, which is the really cool ship that you get to fly around in in the game. Uh, and she meets uh, Cal Kestis, who you play as in the game. He is the uh, uh, main main character, and she goes with you on this journey. She's kind of like your. She's like your Luke. She's a mix between like Luke, Yoda, and Obi-Wan in Wisdom, and a little bit of Ahsoka, all in one, but without her fighting along with you. That makes sense. Um, So, you know, she tells Cal her story eventually after opening up and you know, finding out about stuff. And she eventually goes to help confront uh, the Inquisitors with him in the very end, and she uh, uses she she reconnects herself to the Force, and in one instance goes toe to toe with Darth Vader for a moment, fighting him, which is a very cool scene, by the way. Oh, I bet. And so eventually, she you know. She loses that battle, but she does not die. Uh, both her and Cal escape the fortress, and yada yada yada. Like I said, I'm I'm skipping over a bunch of stuff, like I'm because I'm trying to not give the juicy details to Chris and everyone. Yeah. But if you play the game, you know what happens. So don't you know? Don't think that me skipping around for stuff is me trying like just forgetting things. It's me not trying to give Chris and our other <laughs> viewers who maybe have not played this game yet. Every single spoiler under, you know, the bridge. I don't know. Is that a saying? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it is now. It is now. <laughs> um, so it ends with that, uh, you know, it's, I, I really hope to see her again in Fallen Order 2 because we know they're making more of these games because they're very profitable.
1: Hell yes.
2: So I hope to see, or rather get more of them. Uh, and maybe even play as her at one point, I don't know, but uh, Seer Junda is, and I read this online, I don't know if it's true or not, but I believe she is the first black female Jedi Knight to be featured prominently in a Star Wars story, like in the canon right now.
1: That is a pretty fantastic mantle to wear.
2: And... I mean, can you think of any? Because I can't think of anyone else.
1: No, I was thinking about this earlier. I was trying to think back to, like, Clone Wars and prequels and... I, I mean, we... Nobody who was, like, prominently featured.
2: Yeah, not that I can think of either, but... And that's such a big deal. Yeah. And that's very, very cool. Yeah. Um...
1: Especially it's, that it's, she is the mentor for the incredibly super stereotypical young white male antagonist. Exactly, pro- prota- yes. Sorry, protagonist.
2: Um, And she uh, she's in a bunch of the comics as well. Or not comics. I mean, she's in the Fallen Order comics as well and uh, like I said, she's in the game and everything like that, clearly. um, Ugh, But yeah, I can't I really can't think of any other character like that. Like, you know, that's featured like that.
1: No, 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 um, no. It doesn't yeah, I mean we've got lots of characters that are just in the background.
2: Yeah, and I mean I can think of maybe um uh Depa Balaba who is uh Kanan's master, but I believe she is the actress who played her was maybe I believe Indian descent. I'm not quite sure.
1: I mean, Lu- Luminara, I know as a person of color, even though she's green.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, the actresses.
2: But again, you know, not, there hasn't been anyone quite like Sierra Junda in that, yeah. in that respect of her getting a story and her getting a big backstory and being very prominent and featured in the game. Yeah. Uh, which is huge, which is great. I love that. Uh, you know, Star Wars needs more uh, you know, people of color of well, all he, you know, all yeah, around.
1: No, we need much more representation, which was another oh, okay. thing that was fantastic about um uh, oh blanking on the name. Game that just got dropped. Um
2: Who? What new game,
1: new game. The new game.
2: Oh, Star Wars Squadrons?
1: Squadrons, yeah. Which is one of the things that was really incredible to see about the squadrons. It, you look at the squadrons.
2: Oh yes,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. It's very much diverse. There, there's a lot of diversity there, and it's it's great to see. Yeah, some nice um, quadrants. But yeah, so and like I said, we were gonna do. We're doing a very short take on the character because we really want to give you guys all of of Deborah's little thing that she sent us, uh, which is like I said, twenty two minutes long. So this is gonna be probably like a fifty ish minute long episode, maybe. Uh, but, you know, like I said, we want to leave you with, with her knowledge and her experiences with talking about the character and stuff like that. Um, so that about wraps us up, honestly, because we're going to, we're going to pass it off to that audio. Uh, but don't forget to follow us at Echo Station Cast. We're going to be definitely be, tw- uh, be tweeting about all the new, um, Star Wars ga- game news coming out soon. Uh, we're going to be tweeting about you know uh, possible stuff we're doing for maybe D twenty three or celebration down the road. Uh, you know we're we're going to be we're going to be tweeting up a storm here in the next few weeks probably. And uh, yes, also don't forget uh, we are finalizing uh, things for our giveaway. Uh, Chris and I were just hammering out a few little details, so you will know about it either on Twitter in the next week or so. Or by the time our next episode comes out, we will have a solid plan. Uh, to thank you all for getting us past 100 followers on Twitter, uh, we really can't thank you enough. Again, so thank you everyone who participated in that and tweeted us out and all that good stuff. We got lots of goodies for you. Yes, lots and lots of lots of fun stuff and so a few surprises too. Uh, but like I said, don't forget follow us at Echo Station Cast. Also, hit Deborah Wilson up on Cameo. Uh, just type in Deborah Wilson uh you know send it's i think like 20 bucks to send her something and have her respond back to you like i said she'll give you a good length of stuff depending on the topic um so the stuff that she, she talks about and other people's cameos you can see is just fascinating and like i said i can listen to her talk all day but for now you're going to listen to her talk so um until next time guys may the force be with you
1: may the force be with you and happy listening
3: Hi Ian, hi Christina. It is Deborah Wilson, a.k.a. Seer Junda from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And Mad TV. how are you? Um, thank you for connecting with me, I really appreciate it. It's particularly at this time when um, there's such an upheaval in the world and people are looking for a normalcy and holding on to the things that um, that give them comfort, strength, and things that are the mirror image of themselves when they're their best self, when they're their most authentic self, when they're most loving self, when they're most excited self, when they're most grateful self, the self that loves to do um, something. Uh, that you're used to doing when none of this was happening before. So I'm glad you're holding on to that, and and I'm sure that all your listeners on your Star Wars podcast appreciate and respect that and need that at this time. So right on, right on, and blessings to both you and Christina. Um, playing Seer Junda, it was it was. I don't consider it a role. I consider it. Um, an opportunity to wear the skin of someone. To me, she wasn't a character, even though technically for what I did, she was a performance capture and voiceover character that I played because it was a video game. But um, I usually immerse myself in a role so that it comes off the page and I am here to represent the three-dimensional version of them in terms of possession. It's like they've existed and their soul now comes into mind. The body and the soul of who this person is, the fiber uh, um, and the story and the life of this person becomes immersed into me. And so they've already existed as far as I'm concerned. Once I do the work and the research um, on this human being to make them a flesh idea in my third eye and then get to know them so well that I can live in the skin that was created by the game developers so that their written skin and their development of this character's skin is actually skin. And then I get a chance to assimilate my version of skin in the physical into their version of skin so we become one. And in order to become one, I need to not only be vulnerable and open, I need to be exposed uh, for the things that I've gone through in my life. So uh, uh, play and being transparent, uh, definitely in the performance. Uh, and playing Sir Junda was cathartic and beautiful and powerful and very emotional for me at times. Um, And it was very easy once I was aware of how I wanted to slip into that skin and looking forward to every discovery in the moment of working to slip into that skin with her and and assimilate both of us to assimilate that skin together. You know what was written, and what I'm bringing to the table, and it was really cool because the more I got to know her on an emotional level, the more I would go back to the game developers and the writers and said, "Can I change this? Can I do this? I want you to, I, I want you to, I want you to see what I'm experiencing right now emotionally." So I would, at times when we would come in in the morning before we would do our, our exercises with Tom Keegan, who is just an absolute amazing. He is one of the best uh, video game directors. He is, for me, the best, and I've worked with a number of them, and I love them all, and they all come with their own traits, their own powerful traits, and I love working with them. But Tom Keegan, uh, as a video game director, and this is my fourth game with him, holds a very, very dear and very, very sacred space uh, with me in, in this lifetime. And there will never be enough in this lifetime to sing his praises of what he does and how he works with actors and how he gets you to that space. So he's so aware of the sacred space that I hold that he helps craft me in it without taking me out of it um, and saying, well, just do this or do this or act this way or or, or, or give, me, give me this. Uh, uh, of course, there are a number of, of factors when you're when you're when you're shooting something as monumental as a franchise uh, for Lucasfilm Limited and Respawn Entertainment, um, and, and 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 what makes it so monumental in in actually having this game put together is you still have Lucasfilm Limited, the folks at Lucasfilm Limited that go. And then you have the folks at Sony that have a say in it, and then you have the director and then you have the game developers and then you have the writers. So you have all this trickle down effect um, and you would think that with everybody needing to concur and everybody having notes and everybody giving those notes to the director and the director giving those notes to me, that it would be it would feel like very technical and very laborious. And it wasn't, it was one of the greatest experiences of video games that I've ever worked on. I will never forget that experience because everyone was a well-oiled machine so that I could do what I do and bring what I bring to the table without that being disrupted and saying, no, we work this way. We're Lucasfilm and we work this way. Or we're Sony and we work this way. Or we're Respawn Entertainment and we work this way. Um, It was a well-oiled machine and it was a family. Um, it continued to transmute the experience into this this family. Um, and it was always a family, but everyone began to recognize and go individually and go, yep. And then the group consortium of, yep, it's a family. So stepping into those shoes was a wonderful experience, and I assimilated very, very quickly with what I wanted to bring to the table because I never felt like I was far away from who Sir Junda is uh, on that spiritual journey. Uh, and I'm just, I think, a, a very aware, awoke, conscious, and desire that journey, something greater than myself, to believe in something greater than myself, and to be a testimony and a testament to something greater than myself, and live by that um, that belief, that higher practice, that higher spiritual consciousness. That is my goal in life. And um, as it once was Sears, uh, she had this 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 cathartic experience that tore her apart until she didn't realize that um, that that tearing apart was going to have no choice but to bring her together to reconcile because of the what needed to take place but the journey that needed to happen not only for her individually and emotionally um, and personally and spiritually but what needed to take place for um, for the survival. Of, of the Jedi, uh, and everything that she needed to do for the survival of the Jedi, uh, you know, and then reconciling that if you're going to do this, you have to be this, because uh, she was so far away from that, um, and thought, I'm gonna leave it up to him, Cal Kestis, Cal Kestis, Cal Kestis, but not realizing, um, you know, until she had this epiphany moment, that everything that she was doing was a catalyst to bring her back to herself. And so it was really wonderful to discover those moments and live those moments and breathe those moments and cry through those moments. There were some really painful days, and it was beautiful. It was cathartic and powerful um, to experience some of the things that I experienced in my personal life that were very similar to what Sear was going through and be able to bring that to the table to really make her uh, uh, aware awake and human what it's like to really be human to play a part in what you're really human because again i'm assimilating her skin and 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 my skin is being assimilated into what everybody else has put together for this character and this human being um it was a powerful thing and where i see her in the future i don't and the reason i don't is i always believe in staying in the moment and just simply allowing and breathing and being and trusting that whatever is meant to be will happen, and if that catalyst is out there happening in the universe, it'll come back when it's meant to come back, or it won't, and it's of no consequence. My ego doesn't need to have that happen. Um, I don't have a desire because I don't... To me, I don't have a career. I always have these creative moments in which I say yes to the infinite principle and practice of creativity. Um, so when people say like, you know, this, you have a career, and I'm like, no, I don't. I don't have a career. I have these opportunities. I have these be- beautiful, creative opportunities that I want to say yes to the infinite idea of growing myself through them, as opposed to getting fucking work and then calling it a, a career because I'm making money at at at, at a craft. Um, If I weren't making money, I would still be doing it anyway. So that's why I don't necessarily see it as a career, because I just have these creative moments to go, yes. And had I not, I never would have been, uh, my first motion capture project was Avatar. And had I not just said yes to the infinite idea of uh, creating and being a part of a creative journey, I never would have gotten Avatar. I wasn't supposed to be um, doing performance capture for Avatar. I was hired to be for Stan Winston Studios when, God rest his soul, when he was alive, uh, when Stan, for Stan Winston Studios when uh, Project 880 Meaning Avatar was being developed. And I didn't know who the director was. I didn't know what the project was. And people at Stan Winston, not everyone knew. So some people who were working on it had to sign NDAs to tell other people that they're who were working on other projects within Stan Winston Studios, not to say a word. You couldn't even say anything to your co-workers about it. I mean, you're working side by side. It's like, well, what are you working on today? I can't tell you. And we worked together, and you, I still can't tell you. We're both in Stan Winston Studios working together, and I can't tell you. And what it was was a, a friend of mine worked for Stan Winston Studios and, um, in the special effects department and art department, and uh, she knew that these guys were working on a project but didn't know what it was, and they were looking for models i had come in to visit her because I wanted to surprise my stepson and I wanted to impress him by going to Stan Winston's uh, studios because that's where, you know, all the models and the prototypes were for, oh my God. What was there? There was um, Predator. There was, uh, um, what is his name? Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Terminator. There were so many things there. Um, at, at, it, was like, it was like walking into Disneyland. You know, it was like walking into Universal Studios and seeing these, the, the models that Stan Winston made. He was still alive at the time. And so here I'm walking into his studio and looking at all the things that I'm like, oh my God, just a you know, the model of Tom Cruise and, you know, vamp, uh, interview with a vampire. It just, it was amazing to walk into the, just the conference room and see them and just stare at, at everything that he's done, you know, and then walk into the studio. Anyway, the bottom line is, let us let's let's, let's let me move forward. They needed a model. They had hired models, and they weren't getting the feel for it. And, and so telling you the story of the Seer Junda and how I work um, on that level, on that emotional and creative and spiritual level, and the dynamics of that into acting and, and, and putting that into a craft, they were like, uh, could you ask your friend? So my friend's name is Amy. And then after I left, they went to Amy, who were working on Project 880, back, you know, without him being known it was Avatar, and said, you think your friend would want a model? We think she's got the body for it. And now Zoe Saldana was already hired, but they, uh, but um, James Cameron wanted models so that when all the actors were in the volume, the volume is where they record all the performance capture, they would have something that they can see, something in the physical world that they can see. So Stan Winston Studio was, the, was, was there to actually make the models of, um, the Navi. And they were like eight feet tall, seven to eight feet tall. And they were beautiful models. But then, uh, James Cameron wanted pictures as well. Uh, uh, uh but he didn't want storybook pictures. In other words, he didn't want the, you know, um, frame by frame pictures. He wanted actual pictures that were CGI'd. And so, Stan Winston Studio wasn't paying anything. They were just like, would you want to model, you know? And my friend Amy asked. I was like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. Whatever project it is, I don't care. And and it was of no consequence whether I was going to be a part of the project, because I didn't think I was. I thought I was doing something at Stan Winston Studios, and then... I could tell my stepson, yeah, I'm I'm going to actually be, be doing some photos at Stan Winston Studios for some project, you know, and then I was going to just simply let it go. And, and that's what I do. You, you surrender it all. And I just thought, wow, what a great creative endeavor to be able to be a part of something And not know what it is. I think for me there's even a greater joy of not knowing what it is. Because my ego doesn't need to know it. I release my ego and open my heart chakra to just creating. Um, And being there for somebody else. Being there for another company, an organization to say, I want to support your vision. I don't know what your vision is. I don't know what this project is. but, But the fact that you're offering me an opportunity to support that vision. And you see something in me to support that vision is a gift in and of itself. And so I did some modeling for them and they told me the general periphery of the character because they couldn't give too much away. And what was wonderful is I was behind, I was on a green screen and because I was in a, a, a photo studio and it was empty, I took my clothes off. What else is new? That's me, yep, I'm flashing in a heartbeat. So, uh, because I realized that if I'm wearing physical clothes against my skin, I didn't need to feel that because that's too human. So taking my clothes off and allowing my skin to breathe and not and be exposed gave me, in my third eye, the opportunity to experience my skin in a different way. So maybe it wasn't regular skin. Maybe the texture of the skin could have been different or had another shade or a look or it did something. It breathed differently than human skin. And so they said it was a cat-like creature, but she is very much... Um, very much a leader she is um very strong very stealth she is a leader of her people she is good she's altruistic and she's aware of sounds and nature and she loves nature and nature is her god nature is her goddess and her tribe and she's here to uplift her tribe and and be a part of the conscious collective of this tribe. And so with all of that in mind and doing these poses and going into it, they did a CGI uh, effect. I had dreadlocks at the time and they did a CGI effect on my dreadlocks and made them look like tendrils um, um, that were photosensitive. And it was amazing, it was amazing. And so James Cameron, flash forward, James Cameron saw the picture, he said, who is this? This is exactly what I'm talking about. This is an inspiring picture, these are inspiring. Who is this person? And um, they told him. And a year later, I got a call and I was about to hang up because I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I had forgotten. You know, and that's, that's the beauty of letting your ego go. You can get a chance to surrender everything in the moment, your creativeness for something else and allow that to go without feeling like, yeah, I did that. I wonder if they're going to get me apart, part. I wonder if this is going to happen for me. And letting all of that go and then I was like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Because I honestly had forgotten. They were like, uh... I was like, "No, nope, I have no idea. And then they said, well, you, you went to Stan Winston Studios. Because it, by this time, it wasn't Stan Winston Studios that had called me. It was the project. It was Project 880. It was already in production. And they called me and said, mm, And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I was about to hang up. And then they said, well, didn't you do modeling at Stan Winston Studios? And I was like, well, yeah, I remember that. And they are like, okay, this is for a project, Project 880. And that's when they told me. They said, it's called Avatar, and it's being directed by James Cameron. And uh, after I cleaned the shit out of my pants, I, uh, <laughs> I said no. Because I was like, I don't know anything about motion capture. I don't know anything about performance capture at all. That's not my thing. I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to look stupid in front of James Cameron. I've never done anything like that. It's all the technical world of 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 what you do. Special effects and technical world. And and uh, I was asked a third time. And by the third time, in the same conversation, they said, Jim really wants you on the set. And I don't call him no Jim Cameron. But obviously, the... ADs call them assistant directors call him that, and they were like, Jim, where do they want to So, um, I went and I met James Cameron. This was my second time meeting him, and I'll tell you about that. Long story short, I met him back in New York a long time ago, and we had a very deep and very personal and very private conversation. And he never asked my name, and I never wooed of like, oh, James Cameron. We just began to have a conversation. We drew in each other's energy in a particular place, and um, I knew who he was, but I wasn't seeking a fan experience. It was just a human experience of, hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. Blah, 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 blah. And before you know what, it, we struck up a conversation. It was a very uh, a deep and very intimate conversation, very personal conversation. And I was amazed and surprised um, and taken aback by how gracious he was in terms of sharing personal and information about his life and, and, and very intimate experiences of his father and growing up. And it was a privilege and an honor to be able to hear that. And, um, and to be able to be trusted with that information and trusted with, with his feelings about that information. So it was just amazing time. Anyway, so flash forward. And, uh, uh, I think after the shoot, I reminded him and he remembered some of it. Um, but, yeah, so my point being that as you stay open to an experience, it can lead you to other things without you trying to use your ego or your consciousness to go, how do I will this into my life to make it bigger than it is as opposed to just being in those moments. And I think what's great about Seer Junda is in those moments, she's authentic herself. She's angry and she's scared and she's lost and she's upset and she's hurt and she's betrayed and she hasn't reconciled, and all of those things, little did she know, were going to be the fodder for forgiveness and reconciliation in order to be able to make a way for the next generation of Jedi. Uh, and so I think it for each and every one of us, We need to look at all the fodder on this planet, the hatred, the insecurity, the jealousy, the fear, the racism, the bullying, uh, uh, the gender inequality, uh, the abuse of animals in the planet. When we look at all of those things, yes, it's painful to be able to look at the things that we've done as we continue to implode until we evolve out of all these other viruses. But at the same time, it's fodder for the kind of person that we can be and should be and perhaps use that as who we will be in the future. So had that not existed, we wouldn't get to grow the deepest and most powerful make and measure of who we are. And so as I stay in this moment, Seer is supposed to go off on her moments and I'm supposed to go off on mine and never the twain shall meet until someone like Stan Winston Studios, or someone like James Cameron says, We felt your vibration out there in the universe and we want to do it again. Come join us. And by that time, I will say yes again to the infinite presence of creativity and joy and love and opportunity. So, mwah. Uh Damn, I can talk right. Fuck. But um, hopefully, you got what you needed out of that and you wanted out of that. Be blessed, be well, be happy, be healthy, stay safe, and may the force be with you, always.